Well, I got a question for you. As I start this message, I want to ask you, what would a church look like where all the people in the church were serving and caring for others? Oh, don't put that up yet, baby. Don't put that up yet. What would a church look like if everybody in the church was serving others, not just in the church, but outside the church, not just within the four walls here, but what if everyone in the body of Christ was serving others? What would it look like if a church was doing that? What would it look like if everyone was connected in a way of serving others? What would a church look like where they were in unity and one accord in purpose and in mission? What would it look like if everyone was in unity and one accord for the purpose and the mission of reaching the lost? And changing a generation. What if everyone was connected into that purpose and that unity? What would a church look like that had a revelation knowledge of the fullness of who Christ is? And they were demonstrating the fullness of Christ everywhere they went. At work. At the restaurants. At school. What it? What would it look like if the revelation of who Christ is and the fullness of his glory was being manifest through everyone in the body of Christ? What would it look like? What would it look like in a city where First Baptist and New Covenant and Foursquare and all the other churches in our community were representing the fullness of who Christ is? What would a city and a region look like? What if that fullness was demonstrated in this community? What would a church look like if it was fully mature? Does anybody think about that kind of stuff? Well, today I want to go into, and you can begin the PowerPoint, we're going to start out of Ephesians 4.11, and we're going to talk a little bit today about us becoming that. Who wants to become that? Who wants to be part of that kind of army that changes the spiritual landscape of a city, a region, and become missional? in the purpose for my life and your life, that we all begin to partake of that. That not just me or a few others follow the will of the Lord for our lives, but we have mountains to overtake. We have mountains to take in this city. We have mountains to take in our region, in our land. There's a business mountain that we need anointed, powerful, passionate lovers of God in business reflecting the glory of God. We need entertainment, 
saturated where movies are now made about the glory of God and that this thing of the homosexual agenda and the promiscuousness generation, that we begin to take that back and begin to declare the values of God. There's the government mountain. Dear God, does our government need Jesus' people there? There's the church mountain that, man, we spend all of our time thinking about, but there's other mountains beside the church. And if we all take part in my little piece of the puzzle, the body cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. The foot is not connected to the heart in what it looks like, but it is connected to the heart. And each part playing its place. Teenagers, you have a place in the body of Christ. We need you. You provide life. You provide excitement. You provide all kinds of stuff that we desperately need. Can I have an amen on that? But each of us have a piece of the puzzle. Say, I'm a piece. Say, I'm a piece. Not just a piece of meat. I'm peace. <laughs> and I know we all struggle with trying to figure out the peace. I was sharing not too long ago how Bill Branham, he was a powerful man of God, how he began to get a little wacky in the end of his years because he was a sign wonders guy and he did many miracles. But he started to move into wanting to be a teacher. And as he moved into being a teacher, he got kind of wacky and off, off, off track because he was called, and a, there was a specific purpose on his life. And he needed to stay in the river or the vein of the calling upon his life. Some of you may want to preach up here like me. And you know what? God may not have you preach here. He may have you preach at work. He may have you preach at school. It may not be in this application. But we've got to figure out what application is it. Can I have an amen on that? And so Ephesians 4.11, I believe this year as we move into 2013, this passage, God is wanting us to bring his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I have an amen on that? And part of his kingdom is his government. Part of his kingdom is how he wants to do things. And so this passage I want to slowly read, and I want you guys not to read it as just reading to get by. Like in high school, you sometimes read literature just to get the story done and you don't remember or you don't comprehend or retain any of the story, right? Let's read this a little bit and I'm going to go into what's on my heart to share concerning the vision of 2013. Last week, I'm sorry it lasted so long. Bless your heart. You guys were patient. The, the, the family meeting and we really miscalculated how long that was going to take and I kind of but at any rate, I want to go into where we're going in 2013. Are you guys up for that? Okay, so it was he. Who is he? Jesus. Jesus, amen. It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare. Everybody say prepare. prepare. To prepare who? Who is God's people? Okay. To prepare God's people for works of servanthood. Service is about doing things you don't necessarily want to do. Can I have an amen on that? Okay. 
to prepare God's people for works of service. It's kind of like doing an egg hunt because you're going out to minister to, the, to, to lost kids that don't know, know Jesus, and you serve and you let go of your kingdom, your desires, your way of doing things, what you've got planned for your life, and you decide what God's plan is. He's wanting to reach children in this community, and you say, yep, he is wanting to do that, and I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to serve. You get me what I'm saying? He prepares us for works of service, and I'm not saying that to manipulate you to get you into the egg hunt. I'm trying to bring an application to what this scripture's saying. You follow what I'm saying? I'm not trying to make you. You're going to either obey or not. I'm trying to bring application to the word only, not manipulation. To prepare God's people for works of service so that, That word so that is there for a reason. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity. And we ain't got enough unity here. Can I have an amen? There's not enough unity in our community, even though we're getting some of it. So that we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ then we will no longer be infants. Is it a year of grow up? God prophesied over me last year by Denny Kramer. Your leadership style must change. You must go from baby bottles to hand grenades, flak jackets, and rifles. And you guys all went, Woo, yeah, finally, woo-hoo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the crowd went nuts. You guys remember that? And still I, until I start throwing hand grenades. Oh, that hurts. Oh, don't be so black and white. Oh, ah. Right? And we are going to be no longer infants because you're not going to, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. We've got to bring a fuller expression of the five-fold ministry within New Covenant for equipping so that we are no longer infants and that we grow up. If God's emphasizing growth, if he's emphasizing that we got to move from being infants and mature, then we have got to activate more fivefold ministry within the church and equipping and all that kind of stuff. Right? So that we might grow up. Now, I just made a list of... It's on. It's not advancing. Where do I point? That's what I thought. It's not advancing. <clears throat> but I made a list of some points out of this scripture. The revol- the re- this is the results of this equipping of the fivefold ministry. Preparing God's people for serving. The body of Christ be built up. Unity in the faith, knowledge or revelation knowledge of the Son of God, we become mature, and we attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, and we will no longer be infants. We will grow up. Does that sound exciting to anybody? Now, but here's the thing. You've got to participate with this, right? You've got to participate with this. Now, last week we discussed our vision for 2013. And because we went long, I just said, hey, 
read the rest of it on pastoral care. And I just challenge you to read it. But today I want to go into some of the vision of 2013 and really what God is wanting to do with us from a pastoral care standpoint. Are you guys cool with that? So, and it's not advancing again. Can you advance the thing? any rate, so here's the deal. I am a pastor, not just in title, right? Okay. Here's the goal, to create an atmosphere of care and compassion. We desire that the people of New Covenant Worship Center and our guests feel loved, cared for, and have a sense of belonging, and to equip them to release that care and love to the world. Can I have an amen on that? Now, I am a pastor. I am a shepherd, correct? I'm not only a pastor by title, but by function and by gift. Now, in the body of Christ, the only thing that has been valued is pastor. Well, not the only thing, but we call Tom Pastor Tom, but he's not a pastor. You don't get the touchy-feely, gooey-ooey-gooey thing from him. You get that from me, right? We call Lynn, Pastor Lynn, but he is not a pastor. He's an apostle. We had Pastor Bill Robertson here from Christ Fellowship. We call him Pastor Bill, but he is not a pastor. But because the body of Christ only values pastor because the pastor is the one that meets and feel, makes me feel good. But we have to call everybody pastor because nobody in the body of Christ, to say apostle, they go. To say teacher or evangelist, you know, we, we kind of get this quirky, weird thing, you know. And it's not anything but that, that, that it, and we, we need to value something greater than pastor. Can I have an amen on that? But I am a pastor out of function and gifting. My job, according to Ephesians 4.11, is to equip the body of Christ for what? For service? Actually, that scripture says all fivefold are to equip the body of Christ for the work of service. But what is the specific area that I am to equip the body of Christ for? The word care. That's why we call it pastoral care. Because we have to express care. Now, let me ask you, does Apostle Teacher Tom, do you get the feeling of care from Tom? In his own way, in his own gifting and function, you get it from him but you have to be on a one-on-one where you see the leadership and you see the thing begin to function in his calling to be going for you. But does the body of Christ as a whole feel it? Oh, no. What do you feel when you're around me? You feel cared for. The time when you don't feel cared for from me is when I'm overwhelmed and I'm trying to care for too many people. You start, to feel fell, you start to feel like you're falling through the cracks. He don't care. He's got too much going on. Oh, uh, mm, uh. And so I want to go somewhere else because Eric's not, stroke me, stroke me. <laughs> Can I have a witness? 
And so I've given this revelation where I have been, I've been desperate to find other shepherds and pastors so that I can equip pastors and shepherds to be more of that pastoral care. And finally, the, 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 the brainchild of New Covenant says, Eric, just equip the people to be pastoral. Tom, I think you're on to something. I'm really glad your gift of teaching is working to get inside of me because I need you. I need you to demonstrate the kingdom from who you are so that I can be me. Do I have a witness? And so here in this congregation, it drives me nuts when so many people fall through the cracks. I want to touch them all. I mean, it's like heartache. It's not because I want the church full. It's because there's something inside of me when it comes to care that's like, oh, I hope they're okay. Oh, God, and I'll go to prayer and I'll intercede for people that you guys have no clue about because that care is inside and I've got to get it outside of me, and I've got to equip the body of Christ to care. Because what I'm finding is most people in the body of Christ are boneheads. You know why they're boneheads? Because they're not pastoral. They're not like me. I'm joking. They don't know how to care, and they need to be taught how to care. And so if you're also a shepherding, pastoral care type person, you actually get really ticked off at people in the body of Christ when they don't do some of the things they do or should do. But I'm finding out they're ignorant, and they have no clue how to think, how to feel, and I've got to be part of that process of how are we going to get this pastoral care strategy? How are we going to become a people through quipping? How are we going to become a people who care? How are we going to become a people to create an atmosphere of care, not just when people walk through the door? That's so short-sighted. That's part of the process. We want people, when they walk through that door, we want that agape love to be flowing, and we want that atmosphere of care and compassion here. But how are we going to get it and receive it so that I can give it to the world? I can give it to whenever I show up at a ball game. I'm carrying something. I'm carrying a part of the five-fold ministry of Christ, part of who he is, and that's the care and compassion. Are you guys with me on that? And so this is our goal. And what care and compassion, you know, if we're going to, if, if I'm going to equip or be a part of teaching and being that, you know, we find that in the word that care and compassion was just part of who Christ was. Can I have an amen on that? And if we're going to give care and compassion and give it to people, we desire to give that care and compassion outside of ourselves. I want to ask you, what kind of care and compassion has Christ given you? Because you don't have to be a pastor to have care and compassion. Matter of fact, it is a fallacy to think that you, because you're not a pastor, cannot do the work of a pastor. Every one of us can do the work of a shepherd, of caregiving. 
Just like I can do the work of an evangelist, I thank God for Jeff Hughes. He is part of our evangelism team. But he is not an evangelist, but he is doing the work of an evangelist. He is going out with the team to evangelize and to equip the body of Christ in evangelism. But he himself, we don't know, maybe he is an evangelist and he's been Jehovah sneaky sneaking up on us. He just may very well be, who knows? Maybe he's a teaching evangelist. Who knows? But what I'm saying is we can all do the work of an apostle who builds. We can all do the work of a prophet who prophesies. This place prophesies like crazy here at this house. There's a spirit of prophecy on a Sunday morning that just kind of hovers over this place. We can all become pastoral. We can all become teachers and equippers, right? Now, I realize when I'm teaching this, not all of you are equipping Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Those are very few. They're not just the multitude, but we have a propensity towards one of those that we need to be involved. And I think it helps you to fine-tune where do I need to get plugged in? How do I need to serve? But my goal today is to talk about this whole thing of pastoral equipping and sharing and where we want to go in 2020. 13. Now, I want to share scripture that is dear to my heart, and it's probably dear to my heart because, why? Because I'm a shepherd. If you would advance it, because this thing is just not working. Huh? Oh. Did I do that, or did you do that? Okay. It's the middle. It's not the side. Okay. Thank you, Chad. Now, Philippians 2, 1 through 7. Let's look at some of these words. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ... Is anybody united with Christ in this house? If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, has anybody been comforted by his love? If any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, does that speak my words? That's why I love it. Then make my joy complete by being like mine, having that same love. Everybody say love. Everybody say compassion. Everybody say tenderness. You mean men can be tender? Man, I can cry at a drop of a hat. Man, when I got married to my beautiful wife, the photographer said, man, I'm going to tap you for the Indianapolis water supply. And me, me, me and Rebecca, we'll be watching a show. Me and her, we're going, ah. she's fighting. She don't want to show those tears. And I'm going, ah. I mean, a dog dies and I cry. <laughs> Tenderness and compassion. But it says, then make my joy. Paul says, oh, church in Philippi, make my joy complete. By being like-minded, having that same love, that same tenderness, that same compassion that you've received from Christ. Has anybody received that from Christ? We all deserve hell. Hello? But then it goes on further. Be one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should, lack, should look not only to your own interest. It's okay to look at your own interest and have needs. 
but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. Abased, nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant. It's still not advancing. Just because you are not pastoral by nature does not mean that you can't do that. Can I have an amen on that? Here's another one out of Titus. Now, Paul was talking to Titus, and he said, Titus, remind the people. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one. I have fallen into that. Anybody else? There's a few people that talk about Coach Bennett like slander. To slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward who? Who? Not just ones I like? I desperately love Coach Bennett. I've been praying for that man for many years. And he's been a blessing to my boys in many ways. And he needs Jesus. Praise the Lord. Coach, I hope you're listening. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities. We don't know how to respect rulers and authorities in our generation. To be obedient, woo, come on. To be ready to do whatever is good and to slander no one. But I want to pick up on this word, to be peaceable and considerate, which is a fruit of humility. Okay. I will try to advance it. Great. Here's what considerate means. Showing kindly awareness of regard for another's feelings their circumstances, being kind, patient, concerned, and thoughtful. Is that very alive in the body of Christ? Showing kindness, kindly awareness. I am aware of other people's needs, concerns, and circumstances. Teenagers in high school, Are you ever aware of the students around you, their concerns, their fears, their worries, the things that are going on in their life? Adults, when the prayer chain goes out and somebody needs prayer, do you pray and then forget or are you aware and follow up with them to find out what's going on and has the need been met? Aware of their situations and their concerns. Kind, patient, concerned. The word peaceable is meaning inclined or disposed to avoid strife or dissension. You're not argumentative. You're not hostile or critical. How's that working for you? 
Now, I have been a critical man myself before and not walked in that little burger before. Ah, it's the battery because the light don't even work. Ah. Yep, light don't even work. Battery. So, I've got some things that I want you to write down. Because if I am going to teach or equip you to care, I've got an acronym that's going to help you to remember how to care. Amen? So write on your piece of paper in big letters, C-A-R-E. And we're going to fill in some blanks here. You guys with me? Does anybody want to learn to care? It's so funny. I was meeting with a couple that does not go to this church a couple weeks ago. I get a lot of counseling for even people outside the church for their marriages. (laughs) And the woman, the wife was complaining. He has no idea my needs. He could care less. We started getting into some of the way he was raised. And he was raised that you're not, your needs aren't going to get taken care of by anybody but yourself. Suck it up, soldier, and move on. So when I was in the counseling session, I found out real quickly his paradigm was, baby, you got a roof over your head, you got food on the table, just shut up. I'm providing your needs. I'm taking care of you. And this paradigm of some of the abuse in childhood had made it to where his mom and dad were not there for him. And so therefore he had to be in survival mode. And by God, you need to be in survival mode too. You can take care of yourself. And so as I began to show him the paradigm, he starts going, oh my God. I'm not considerate. Oh my gosh, I, I only care about my needs. And I said, miracle, glory to God. <laughs> and he starts listening as his wife starts to communicate in the session. And she's, and I said, did you notice he didn't interrupt you? She goes, yeah. I said, you're getting it. You didn't interrupt her. You weren't thinking about what you wanted to say next. You actually listened to what she was saying. How many of us have finished other people's sentences? Because we're so intelligent. We're so good. We know what you're going to say before you say it. So let me just fill in the gaps. Let me just assume what you're thinking instead of asking what you're thinking. (laughs) Yeah. So care. We'll go to the next slide. Care. Do you care? Care. Consider others above yourself by releasing encouragement. I think that's pretty good. I made that up all by myself. I'm trying to get you guys to remember stuff. Oh, thank you. I need words of affirmation, my dear. You know my love language, don't you? 
Now, consider others, we read in Philippians, consider others above yourself. And we do that by releasing encouragement. Now, what in the world does encouragement mean? We will find out, ladies and gentlemen, encouragement. On the next slide, you can, there we go. Hey, everybody say encouragement. All right. Hopefully, this is something I do. I don't do it enough, and I really realize that I've fallen short because I, here, here's the deal. When you feel overwhelmed by the number of needs within the body, sometimes you lose sight of encouraging people because you're overwhelmed with the need of care. And I see where I've fallen short in the area of encouraging people because I haven't done a good job of equipping and getting people prepared. So that's changing this year. Can I have an amen on that? So, encouragement. To inspire someone with the courage or confidence to do something. To stimulate by your approval and your help. What did I talk about all last fall? Rejection. Encouragement fights rejection. Because it shows that you approve of them, you help them. So you are to praise, to support, to boost, lift up, and bring endorsement to people's life. So when somebody's in a battle, when somebody's going through something, we have a funeral. And what are we doing when we have a funeral dinner? We're bringing courage for the family to make it through, that God is your family and he is here to encourage you to get you through the journey. Can I have an amen on that? When there's someone sick in the house of God, we make meals for people around here. Why? Because we're trying to encourage them and bring faith to them so that they can get strengthened. But getting people to do meals is like pulling teeth. Because we don't understand what care does in order to bring courage and faith to somebody's life. Can I have any men on that? Now, I'm going with Tom's reverse psychology today. Tom, in his message a couple weeks ago, he did some reverse psychology. He said, if you want to stay immature, you just keep doing these things. Remember? If you want to stay perpetually an infant in God, you just keep doing these things. Well, if you want to keep not being a caring person, you just keep doing some of these things. Are you ready for this? All right. I got 1 through 15 that I've come up with. Are you do you dump your problems and struggles on others? Do you project your struggles on others so you feel cared for? If you're a dumper, keep doing it, keep doing it, and you'll show you don't care. You're not, you're not even putting yourself in the situation. Now, here's what goes on in my life. Go to Walmart. I'm in Walmart. I'm looking for something. Actually, I'm sometimes hiding from people. <laughs> and I walk through Walmart. Karen, why did you send me to Walmart at 2 in the afternoon? No. I go in Walmart, and I'm in the aisle. Oh, Eric, Eric, oh, would you pray for me? I have just been so struggling. 
Can I puke on you? I just, I just, God, I'm a God of mercy. This happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. Okay, really. Now, I love people and I want to care for people. You know what I'm saying? But have you ever considered what somebody else is going through? I had a situation, oh, several years ago. Karen had just had surgery. Oh, your hair still looks good, babe. I was not being very considerate. I wasn't caring about your beauty. <laughs> Learn, not from my example. No. <laughs> Several years ago, my wife had had surgery. And we were, it was, and I'd met with a certain person every Monday. They don't go to this church. I'm not telling on anybody, so don't everybody go, oh, yeah, that was Chad. <laughs> I love it. People give me wonderful examples, man. And I may have shared this before, and I met with this person every week. They were going through so many strongholds, getting free from stuff, and God was doing some really great things in their life. And I had forgot to tell the person on Monday that my wife was having surgery that next Monday, right when our appointment was. And so I texted them on Thursday, and I said, dude, I cannot meet with you on Monday. My wife is having surgery. We'll go in two weeks sent. I didn't get a text back. Another day went by. I still didn't get a text back. Did you get my message? I didn't get a text back. Well, I didn't go to the appointment. Okay. I went to the surgery, okay, with my wife. <laughs> get your priorities straight, you know. And so two weeks went by and I went to the person I asked. I said, were you mad at me that I didn't have our appointment on Monday? Yeah. I said, why were you mad at me? Because I had so many things that I needed to do go talk to you about, and you weren't there for me to talk to you about it. Now, I was about boiling by now. But I didn't. I wanted to love. And I said, well, we're going to talk about that. And I said, you haven't asked me once how my wife is. You don't even know what kind of surgery my wife had. You don't know if she's still laid up. You don't know what kind of recovery she's in. And you're worried about your little party with me. I said, you don't give a rip about anybody else but yourself. Now, my friends, that's where we are in the body of Christ. We are a consumer, suck, bleed culture. Consumerism is in the body of Christ, and we think of only our own needs and not the needs of others. Now, praise the Lord, my wife was fine. And this person got a revelation and a spanking. This person did see a hand grenade and a rifle in love. And they were corrected by me. But they also got change in their own life. Now, you can dump all your problems on people and you can be so high maintenance that nobody can handle being around you. 
or you can start caring for someone else. Do you listen well? Do you do most of the talking and others do most of the listening? Stop thinking about what you want to say next and start listening to others. How are you doing at listening? I'm teaching you how to care. It's called listen. But if you don't want to get care in your life, keep doing all the talking. Number three, do you give material things to others or are you on the receiving end most of the time? How about a meal or a cup of coffee? Do you expect others to sacrifice for you or do you sacrifice for others? Do you be there for someone for a change? Console someone. Think about what somebody else is going through. This morning, I've been thinking of the McGraws. They're not here. I'm going, God, interceding during worship because he's got a brain tumor and he's not here. He must be in pain. Number five, how often do you write a note or send a card or check on someone? Keep not doing it and you'll keep not caring. Go to the next one. How often do you smile Do you brighten up other people's day or bring them down? Man, joke, laugh, have some fun, guys. Lighten up. Some of you come to church and it's like, did you just eat a lemon? (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) The Lord of God. Man, you need to go poop or something. (laughs) You constipated? Sorry, Lord. Rabbit trail. <laughs> How often do you spend time? Come on, reel her back in, boys. I know. There's going to be a, a, a mass exodus from New Covenant. That, that guy up there, he called, he said, poop. He don't care about his language. How often do you spend time helping others? Make someone a big part of your life and sacrifice for them. Do you help serve others or are others always assisting you? Assist someone with their workload instead of adding to it. Ooh, did you see that? Assist someone with their workload instead of adding to it. Do you ever make someone else's life easier? Do you compliment and praise others or are you always negative and critical? Do you remember people's birthdays? Man, celebrate and care. I mean, we list them on the back bulletin for a reason. How many are blessed if somebody says happy birthday? What does it make you feel? Cared for. Old. I can see I'm losing the crowd. For all you young ones, I hope it makes you feel cared for. And you know what? I don't want to make this mechanical, but you know what? Doing the work of an evangelist may seem mechanical at first. Doing the work uh, of a pastor, of shepherding and caring for people, it may seem mechanical at first, but do it. And all of a sudden you see, wow, there's this family atmosphere, there's this culture, there's this thing that's changing within our house. Do you remember people's birthdays? Okay. Do you show interest in other people's lives? Ask questions. Show them you are interested in what they have to say. Ask questions. Everybody say that. Ask questions. I was meeting a guy the other day, and we were down at the cafe, and he was, oh, tell me about your life. Tell me what's going on. I hadn't seen him forever. He said, 
enough about me. Eric, how's your wife? How's your kids? I was like, whoa. Whoa. A sign of maturity. A sign that someone else cared. It was hard to talk about myself. It was hard for me to say how my children were doing because I'm not used to doing it. Because I'm always on the other side of the stick, listening. Do you prioritize people in your life or do you prioritize tasks that are important to you? Keep doing that and people will think you don't care. Do you verbalize your care and love to others or do you wait for people to do something for you? I love most women because most women, they are, they, they got this pink thing down. I, I mean, they believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And they really believe in the word of knowledge because they're waiting on you to figure them out. <laughs> You've got a need? Ha, ah, behind door number three, what is it? Do I have any witnesses out there, men? They want you to figure them out. And care to them, if you figure them out, they're going, oh, I feel so cared for by him. I'm going to make him dinner for the first time this month. <laughs> Is this helping? <laughs> do you verbalize your care and love to others, or do you wait for people to do something for you? Do you keep up on what is going on in people's lives? Do you follow up on them after surgery? Do you follow up on them after a death? Do you follow up on them after a job interview? Do you follow up on them on a special occasion, or do you forget about them? See, what it is is because we have gotten away from the five-fold ministry, you expect the paid professional, Eric, to do that. You expect me to go to the hospital. You expect me to follow up on people. And when I don't, because there's so many to do, you don't care about me no more. But if the body of Christ was... I loved it when Larry Cloud... I mean, dude, I hated that she got sick. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm in the hospital, and there's three or four people who had went to Indianapolis because they... And so many people don't have that in this church. But they've built relationships. But you know what? We've got to get out of our comfort zone. We stay in one little spot and greet each other. Hey, Mike says, hey, everybody turn around and greet somebody. You turn around and go, hi, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Get out of your seat. Come over and say, man, this is a wonderful new family. Jeff and Susan, we love you. Bless you. you guys don't know these people, but they're going to be with us for a little bit. Guys, welcome them. Amen. Amen. David and, and Lindy, we've missed you. Gosh, I haven't seen your face for a while. I bet you guys didn't know for several weeks he wasn't here because he was having to work every Sunday. Driving a truck. Nobody knows that. I can't even remember your name, sunshine, but I'm glad you're here. I'm going to embarrass the daylights out of you. How's that? And we know those two got married and they weren't here for a couple weeks. <laughs> You know, if they really cared about us, they'd have been here. Get your priorities straight. Gosh, I'm running out of time. So my goal is this year is I want to get us caring better. 
I want to equip us better, and others will do it as well. But that's why I'm doing this class that's starting Wednesday called People Helping People. This is part of the strategy to help equip people how to care about people. And if you've not signed up for the class, guess what? It's Wednesday. Just come. I'll get you in. We've also got a class called Sozo and, and Theophy. It's about inner healing. Why? It's to provide care to the body of Christ because we got some jacked up crap in us. And there's some deliverance that needs to take place in our lives. And that class is to help equip you to help others to care. What does care stand for? Consider others above yourself by releasing encouragement. The altar ministry. Why do we have that? It's to provide care. Why do we have CR? To provide care. Why do we have connect groups? To provide care. A strategy of us connecting because we can't do it in this realm with 135 or 45 people. But we do it in small groups because that's where you get to know people. What does care stand for? Good job. Now, Bill Roberts was here several weeks ago, and he was talking about how we've become a consumer church and how we must become an apostolic church. If we become an apostolic church, we become a missional church. Go to the next slide. Are you a consumer or are you missional? A consumer church is a church is seen as a dispenser of religious goods and services and programs. People come to church to be fed, to have their needs met through quality programs and to have the professionals teach their children about God. The phrase is, I go to church. But a missional or apostolic church, it's different. It's a body of people sent on a mission who gather in community for worship and community encouragement and teaching from the Word of God in addition to what they are self-feeding themselves throughout the week. And they say, I am the church. Everybody say, I am the church. I am the church. One of my goals this year is to equip us all to care for others better. To consider others above myself. By releasing encouragement and care. By following up with people, learning how to do it. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You know what you feel from the gifting and the anointing that's upon my life, even though it's imperfect, even though I make mistakes. You know what care feels like. We all have been encouraged by the care and the compassion and the tenderness that the Lord has given us. 
But if we're going to be a people of God, we have to begin to give that to someone else. And no, it may not be 30 or 40 or 50 or 80 people. Your measure of rule may be totally different, and it may just be one or two people for now. But God says, and he promises, if you'll be faithful in the small, he says, I promise you, if I can see that I can trust you to care for more people, I will increase the anointing and the measure of rule on your life. So you have to start somewhere. Who are you going to start caring for? How are you going to get involved? Now I'm going to make a. I'm going to show you a list of people who are on the care team that you guys have no clue that's even on the care team, and these people are working hard to provide care in many dimensions. If you guys could show that, I want to expand the number of those who help the care team. Funeral dinners, Jenny Meredith takes care of that, and she organizes, calls people. Anytime there's a funeral. The Welcome Center, Tina Lenz organizes that, and we're right in the middle of changing that. We're going to develop a welcome pack. We're going to, that way when guests come, they, they know a little more about us and that type of thing. We're going, to get, we're going to streamline the whole intake and assimilation of people and guests. Greeting of guests, Carmen Cash, she's been, she's been organizing the connect group leaders to be more of the greeters instead of it just being me or Chuck or somebody else. Meals for the sick, Lindy Anglin takes care of that and does a really great job of doing that. All of them do. All of you have been impacted by that because that one is, we got a lot of sick people. Man, we got to get some people healed. <laughs> Church fellowships, Chris Robinson, we're doing the potluck next week. That's all part of the care, creating the family atmosphere. Church inventory, that may seem weird, but Lindy's also doing that. But we've got so many plates and dishes and all kinds of stuff that was all over the place and she's organized them and if you want to help her in that she could always use help hospital visitation susie's been thinking about doing that in a greater measure but she was over there with larry cloud and just blessed larry and and we're trying to get more people involved in being willing to go to the hospital to meet other people's needs. But these are just a few. We got other stuff. We got the bus ministry that Ronnie Richardson is doing. He picks up people and brings them to church if they have a need or a variety. And that's just, and we need to bring greater organization to all that. Could I have an amen on that? We have children's ministry. We have youth ministry. We have worship ministry. Everybody's serving sound, video. It's amazing all the stuff that goes on here. But you know what? God's wanting us to get beyond just here. I mean, I think we're getting a handle on here, but we got to get out there. I need armies of people who are willing to hit the streets and make a difference in our community to lead aspects of ministry. we got to get square pegs and square holes and round pegs and round holes. If you see something missing in, in the church, don't complain. Do something about it. It's people. God says in his word, Jesus said, he said, the laborers are few. The, the harvest is ripe unto, unto harvest, but the laborers pray that the Lord would send laborers, that people would come and that they would want to be a part of moving this city and this region towards the things of God. Can I have an amen on that? So I ask you the question, what would it look like if a church had people who were ministering and caring for 
that, that everybody was caring for someone. What if, we had a sla- what, what if we had a sex trade ministry out of this house to free p- girls from the sex trade? What if we had, there's, there's something going on with the spirit of adoption and fostering. What if more people were fostering and we were bringing a spirit of adoption to a city? There's other needs in our community, drug houses, halfway houses, people getting off drugs, alcohol. I mean, I think of what Big Brothers and Big Sisters is doing, mentoring children within our community. And most people in the body of Christ say, I ain't got time. Because it's your kingdom, not his. And we've got to change from my kingdom come, my will be done, to thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. Can I have an amen on that? So get involved. Get plugged in. So hopefully this is what you're going to take home with you today. Go to the next one. Care. Would you possibly consider yourself less and someone else above you? by releasing encouragement and care. How about it, church? This year I want to help, and by doing that, I want to be, be greater, uh, have a greater plan how we're going to administer pastoral care, not only in our church, but in our community. Because I'm telling you, people, people desperately have no clue that God cares Because what God uses to express his care in this world is you. And people don't think God gives a rip. Because people don't think you give a rip. I'm telling you, there's people in your neighborhood, when they're sick, I'm I'm, going to praise my wife, Carol Goodwin, our next door neighbor, bless her heart, she had three surgeries this year. Man, this woman, she made meal after meal after meal for that woman. Taking it over there. And I'm telling you, something's going on in Carol Goodwin's heart because of it. And I call that evangelism. I call that, a, I call that friendship evangelism. We need thousands of Karens and thousands of Lindys and thousands of other people to show they care. I pray this message convicts you. Does it, anybody? Because really when it boils down to it, we have become consumer addicts. And we are like leeches. And the Bible says that leeches are never satisfied. They suck and they suck and they suck. I've had a few leeches on my feet. And man, those suckers get big if you let them hang on you. But you add a little salt. And we're salt. And we're to flavor. And we're to help free the people in this region, in this city. And it's going to come through care too. It's going to come through the apostolic. It's going to come through the prophetic. It's going to come through the uh, teaching and the pastoral and the evangelism. And it all has to work. And we've got to get equipped. Can I have an amen? Amen. Stand up with me.
I took you 17 minutes after 12. You guys okay with that? It's a whole lot better than it was last week. <laughs> okay, you're going to leave one big hunker point when you leave today. What does CARE stand for, church? Can anybody give me an interpretation of tongues there? <laughs> Amen. Consider others above yourself by releasing encouragement. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we repent. God, we have been so consumed with our own worlds, our own kingdom, but Lord, we see this year that you're really wanting to mature us. You're wanting us to grow up. And I pray for your grace. I pray, God, for your anointing. I pray, God, that you would move us beyond consumerism. And I ask for the conviction of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would change our hearts, our paradigms, God. We do not want to be self-seeking. We don't want selfish ambition. We don't want what we want. We want what you want. God, that is our cry. But God, I ask that you change the way we think as we pursue your character, as we pursue your nature, we want to have the same attitude as Christ, who became nothing, who abased himself, humbled himself to the form of a servant. And he laid down his life for us. Father, may we, as a people, lay our lives down for everyone around us in this house, to those at school, to those in our jobs, that we would not see people as enemies or whatever, but God, we would see them the way you see them. So Father, I pray that you would deal with our hearts this week, that God, you begin to make us more aware of the needs of the people around us. Help us to start seeing the needs of others, rather than just our own. And Father, I thank you for it, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. if you are here and you have a need, the altar ministry team, it will be wonderfully willing to pray for you. But may God bless you, guide you, and direct you this week, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's always like springtime with you, making all 